0: Alright folks, we all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and actions securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to stealthyhunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, THE NORTHERN HUNTER, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.
1: To the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is James Payne. I'm Ryan Humphrey. And uh we are sitting down with uh Lowell Gilliland, the uh founder of Wrangle Gear. How you doing today, oh, man? Doing all right, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um we're uh excited to talk about your your gear, kind of your background, your Kind of what led you to creating this gear and what what kind of stuff you make. So, um, guys, if you're listening to this, uh, if you like what we're doing here, and you'd like to support us and allow us to keep doing what we're doing, uh, the best way to do that is to simply hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, like the show, share it with your friends. Anybody you think uh, would enjoy it as much as you do. Uh, if you want to help us grow, uh, there's a uh, nice shop page. If you go to the www dot the northern hunter.com right. uh we've got a shop page with some logo merch there uh new designs always coming out and a nice partners page uh that a lot of great companies have decided to partner with the northern hunter and offer discount codes and such uh if you go shop from those companies then helps them out and helps us out uh keep doing what we're doing grow and maintain so appreciate everybody that goes and does that um and uh but yeah so Lowell, i was looking at your uh, your website here a little bit and uh just want to say ahead of time, uh, looks like you've got some pretty, pretty high quality gear. Um, so I like the, the items you have on there. Uh, they seem to be, be really purpose driven. I'll just say that it looks like there was some experience put into the designs of, <laughs> um, let's kind of start with, uh, start with that. What's your, uh, your background kind of in hunting in Alaska? Where, where'd you, uh, you grow up?
2: Uh, yeah. So I, I grew up in Alaska and, okay. Uh,
1: Near Anchorage. Near Anchorage, okay. From a young
2: age, I was always into, uh, I was really into fly fishing. I mean, at like three years old, I got pretty hooked on that. Uh,
3: Yeah. Oh, really?
2: (laughs) Fly (laughs) fishing addict. uh, (laughs) Nice. That morphed into trapping. And I ran a trap line for a long time. And from there, I'd always wanted to get into hunting. But I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. that hunted.
1: So it's that, that
2: point where you're looking around, you're, you're a kid, you don't really know any, (laughs) you know, you don't really know what you don't know. And when you're young, you're really, you know, dumber in a brick with a hole in it. But uh, Mm. through actually kind of a series of events, I was working for a family friend, uh, just working construction, um, in the summertime, you know, going to high school and, he said, ah, you know, go ahead and bring the canoe over. You can put the canoe on my dock and then you can go fishing after work. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Okay. So, yeah, that's
3: yeah a good setup. you know, it was
2: one of those perks of working for somebody <laughs> that lives on a lake. So I go out and, you know, go fishing after work. Well, I hmm. troll, you know, paddle the canoe around the lake and, uh, two doors down is this fellow's father-in-law and he'd always see me go by, you know, I don't know, three times a week, you know, fishing after work. And so Dennis mm-hmm. asks, uh, my employer says, uh, well, who is that kid? You know, it's always out there fishing. He works for you. You know, do you think he'd be interested in maybe doing a little hunting? Uh, I'm getting to the point in my you know, age that, yeah, I need a little bit of help on a sheep hunt. How would he come as a packer? What do you mm-hmm. think? And that's how I got connected with really my, my first and probably the best mentor I ever had in the hunting world. Okay, uh, Dennis ran a number of lodges throughout Alaska, uh, both hunting and fishing. And okay. I think I was about 15 or 16 at that point in time. And I got to go on a fly out sheep hunt, you know, pilot, Alaskan guide, you know, he's got, got the hook up, mm-hmm. and I packed around all of his gear yeah. and <laughs> ran all over the mountains. We didn't get a sheep. Uh, we had a bear get into our base camp food. So we had a couple of very hungry days there before getting um, flown out. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We didn't (laughs) make it back to (laughs) camp. I mean, not those like a little ways. We're talking mm, maybe like a four hour hike away from camp. And, you know, it's like midnight and you're still four hours away. And it's dark. You know, it's the mm. 10th or 11th of August at this point. No sheep. It's freezing yeah. cold. It's one of those cold Augusts and no sleeping bags. <laughs> so we sidewashed on the side of the mountain and I slept in a trash sack, like a big giant contractor, you know, wow. plastic bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is. That, that, that's a whole new level of bivvy camping it, right it there. It does. I mean,
2: I still remember. That was one of the coldest nights I think I've <laughs> ever spent uh, out in the woods yeah um, I mean yeah I, I even took like my little painter suit you know like sheep whites little uh, type well it's not tyvek but they're breathable um you know painter mm-hmm. suits right I yeah. even put that on for insulation yep. that's how cold I was and know, was like you're looking for Man. the scrap of candy bar that's still in the wrapper in the bottom of your backpack because you have no food mm-hmm. J- just- you anyway, know keep <laughs> in mind, like a 16 year old you know teenage boy I'm ravenous you know
1: <laughs> right you could eat yeah put, eat in the kitchen <laughs> house and home and when you're at yeah, home you know, so yeah putting no, that's, out
2: hunting no that's, and then you don't make you it know. back to camp and you don't have any food so yeah spent the night uh got back down to <laughs> our spike camp and that's where we had a bunch of food bear got into it sorry it wasn't the base camp that the bear got into the food but it was the spike camp mm, gotcha and i mean the bear even chewed on the satellite phone i mean it was it was obviously <laughs> ill. Just, um,
1: yeah, yeah, just ransacked took, everything. Oh yeah,
2: destroyed the tents, ripped up sleeping bags, pads. It had a grand old time while we were dry washed out oh on man, that, uh, oh man. Mountain. So then you know it's another yep. I don't know four or five mile hike. Um, you know, no trails or nothing through you know lo- lowland bushes, mm-hmm. dwarf birch, back to uh, base camp where they're sued. and that was some serious motivation. I think it would. You know, it'd been like, yeah. I don't know, almost 36 <laughs> hours since I had a solid meal. Yeah. Well, after yeah. I, forgot, I got back from that hunting trip. I <laughs> thought, well, all hunting trips must be like this.
3: Hmm. <laughs> so that, that was your first trip was, out in the woods.
2: First hunting trip.
1: No, no. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> So you got the trial by fire. Uh,
2: so, anyways, I, I was hooked, yeah. right? it's like, "This is definitely what I want to do. How 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 do I mm-hmm. do more of this?" And the key yeah. was hanging out with Dennis uh, and having a yeah. uh, a strong back and not not complaining. Uh, yeah, awesome. After that, uh, gosh, we hunted hunted together uh, for maybe three years. Uh, did some moose okay. hunts. I still remember one time I was a little behind on an algebra, um, yeah, on some algebra homework. I had to take <laughs> school books with me on a flyout moose hunt in a Super Cub. And you know, Dennis was pretty good natured about it. I don't think any algebra got done on that trip, but you know, no. in case there was a weather day, I brought my school books, you know, all 10 pounds, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah,
1: no kidding. of course that adds to
2: your, <laughs> your weight limit, uh, which is not a whole lot, right? yep. uh, super cub on float. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Typically not. Uh, and,
2: well, you know, yeah. the next, um, the next time I went on with them was a moose hunt. I think that's what it was. And we had a brown bear that took part of the moose and. Oh, you know, no
3: kidding. So really? They,
2: a lot of adventures are right off the get go. Really hit the jackpot as far mm. as a mentor and a friend on uh, hunting world yeah and then i ended up yeah that sounds amazing as a packer uh for his outfitting business uh and that's how i ended up okay. getting uh my guide's license
1: perfect perfect so yeah so you went basically straight from being interested in it straight into guiding i mean just just full tilt so or, or in the guiding world i should say Not yeah guiding, in, in the guiding
2: world no and, and yeah Gotcha. and there's many many people out there with with much more uh experience in the the guiding realm than i have but i had mm. like I said i had some some phenomenal mentors uh dennis dennis yeah. and some of his employees um who you know since gone on to be very very successful themselves and yeah very mm. very grateful for all the knowledge they passed on
1: yeah absolutely that's 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 amazing stuff um you know and, and it's it's awesome to kind of get to to jump into that, that deep end of the swimming pool, you could say, and, uh, just see that, <laughs> that side of things. A lot of people kind of have to dance around the, the edges, trying to get out there on their own and everything. So that's a phenomenal opportunity that, that, that you had there. And I'm very glad you got to take advantage of that. Um, so you had mentioned you got, you were into like trapping and stuff like that. Did you, were you just out there doing that all by yourself basically as a, as a little kid? Uh, or you know, you have, oh, like- yeah, you
2: know, that's a great question. I want to say I got into trapping. I was like seven or eight. Um, Wow. I, the Alaska (laughs) trapping association has a, a really great one or it might be two day, um, class that they hold in the South central Mm -hmm. for the South central chapter of the Alaska trappers association. And again, you know, went to this as a kid and met a Mm -hmm. bunch of really phenomenal people. And they were willing to share their knowledge and experience with a kid that was interested in learning and Mm -hmm. you can't create desire. If you have, if you go with that desire, if you're a kid, you want to learn, you will figure out a way, but if you don't want to learn, you know, why would you try? And I showed up with that motivation and and again, got connected with the right people. Uh, I mm-hmm. trapped with my yeah, no. brother for a few years and it really wasn't okay. his thing. Uh, so eventually mm. I actually had to pay him one year. I still remember my fur check. Um, I had to, <laughs> I think I had to split it with him, or pay him like a third of it, uh, for coming along with, mm. uh, me on the trap line. So yeah, I, you know, had an employee <laughs> while I was trapping.
4: Wow. <laughs> He didn't get paid enough. <laughs> uh, probably not. So so, so, so.
1: so, so maybe that, that might have, uh, you know, influenced the, the later in life decision to start a company. Then maybe even, you know, having, having employees at such young age, I, you know, I can't quite say that. Uh, I
2: eventually got <laughs> to the age that I was allowed to go out, you know, and run my trap line on my own. Uh, you know, right. Yeah. Parents don't, you're, you know, Twelve-year-old, you know, kid, just you know, running five miles through the woods or you know, three miles through the woods. Um, you know, this was before I had a cell phone or you could really contact anybody. So I don't even know I had Mm -hmm. cell service. Yeah. So eventually, um, I I changed a couple trap lines, swapped around a little bit. I was able to get a ride. That was a big thing. I had to like go from the house for a while, like walk from the house, and then move mm. trap lines got a ride in a car i don't know like five miles away that's when my trapping really started taking off uh started trapping martin um put some Wolverine sets out and that was mm-hmm. i would still occasionally bring people along with me yeah but i never had a set of snowshoes all of that i mean if i don't know five years of trapping <laughs> i just never did i was like i don't know those are expensive
1: it was looking at like Yeah, ones, it know? definitely can be.
2: So uh, I'd post, mm. you know, three four miles up the side of a mountain. So I had somebody come along with, yep. uh, on the trap line. And this is after i already packed in the snow uh, or the trail, you know, in the snow. And at the end of it, he said, "This is not a trap line." He said, "This mm. is a trap zigzag, a trap. Li- a line <laughs> is the shortest distance between two points."
3: I think he turned mm-hmm. out to be an engineer later in life. <laughs> 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 sounds about right
1: <laughs> well awesome so so yeah so you've been into into the outdoors per, you're basically since you learned to walk is is what i'm hearing yeah so, more or less in various um, capacity yeah so so before we get into like the specific products that you make like what was walk us through that process of just being in the outdoors being in Uh, in the guide world and and just obsessed with everything outdoors and kind of how that led you in the direction of of designing products and designing things for for the outdoors because there's a lot of people out there that don't maybe don't have that uh creativity or or you know see the 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 path to that so what was that for you what what led you down that that path um
2: that would be a a tent that i purchased a name brand tent Mm. when i don't know i was somewhere in my teens working you know in the summers and spent a substantial Mm. amount of my summer earnings on this tent and the first time i used it in a
3: sideways rain i got soaked oh no (laughs) and i thought to myself i could make something better (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. and i came up with a design uh, at least in my mind and i was like huh like someday mm. i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a better tent because i really don't like yeah being wet in a sideways rain inside mm-hmm. of a brand new tent that i just paid you know so much money for oh yeah they're not cheap yep. and
3: <clears throat>
2: from there it was i had a lot of experience just using gear i mean it was just mm-hmm. you wear out gear. And it wasn't necessarily apparel. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of competition in the apparel world. Um, there is, you know, that's
1: very true. For
2: example, I mean, I'm wearing a Kuyu jacket right now. They've they've really nailed, you know, the apparel. Uh, there's there's quite a few companies that have, mm-hmm. but the
3: the yeah. equipment,
2: the gear side of things, um, that's mm-hmm. where I thought, yeah, I think there's room for improvement. And it was all the time. It was like, oh man, like I wish this pocket was over here. Mm-hmm. Like I wish this pocket didn't exist. Why does this gear have to weigh so much? Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot when I first started. um, Kind of like the hunting, I trial by fire. Um,
3: mm-hmm. I had a yeah.
2: friend <laughs> who knew that I could sew. I always repair my own gear. And mm-hmm. he, this was back when the backpacking quilt. You familiar with the backpacking quilt?
3: What that is? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not.
2: Uh, Think of it like a a sleeping bag with the zipper unzipped, Kay. and then there's little elastic uh, bands that hold it to your sleeping mat, so that the edges of the the zippered edges now separated are on left and right mm-hmm. side of your sleeping pad, and that foot box is kind of loose. Okay. So these were becoming a bit more popular. I want to say I don't know, 2017 ish, 2018, mm-hmm. and he said, hey you know, I bought all these materials for this backpacking quilt and my mother-in-law was going to go ahead and sew it up for me. Cause I asked her, I was like, you're into quilting. Um, can you go ahead and sew me up a backpacking quilt? And she told my buddy, mm-hmm. "Why, sure I can sew up a quilt for you. And he bought all the <laughs> materials and then showed her pictures. And she said, that is not a quilt. <laughs> And so he asked me, he's like, well, do you think you could sew it up? And I took one look at it and said, sure. And I had absolutely yeah. no idea how I was going to sew it up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the willingness to
2: figure it out. thats sure. Exactly. Yep. Like I said, it's that desire. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're wanting to learn, if you're willing to put in that effort to figure it out, you'll find a yep. way. So I did, I, I had this little hobby, uh, Foff hobby machine and it's a Foff is a brand of sewing machine and mm. I figured it out and I sewed him up one and then his buddy saw his quilt, liked it so much that I sewed up another one for his buddy Nice, and that was kind of the beginning of the, the custom gear. And that's really how I started. Yeah. I started making some bags. Okay. Uh, like waterproof zipper, dry suit zippers uh, in a, like a duffel mm. style bag. And then that yep. morphed into backpacks. And I used. Yeah. I mean, you're probably familiar with some of the brands out there of you know external frame backpacks. Uh, here in Alaska, there's mm-hmm. like um, Barney Sports Chalet, Frontier Gear of Alaska. Right. F- you know, phenomenal products. Yeah, it's something you know. I used uh, while I was guiding. Um, mm-hmm. And I had had enough experience with the bag and I had a little bit of an older model. But, oh, you know, maybe one of these days I'll sew up something that's a little bit different, a little bit more custom. And then I had mm-hmm. a guiding friend of mine say, yeah. oh, man, I'd really like to have, you know, a bag that's a little bit different. And eventually I was contacted by an individual that said, Hey, can you sew me up a backpack bag for this external, um, freighter, you know, aluminum tubing freighter frame. And I said, sure. And I had no idea how I was going to sew it
1: up. Right.
2: You might see a theme here.
1: (laughs) I like the theme though. It's, it's a professional winger. That's (laughs) sounds, sounds like uh, a good route to be. But yeah, so I, I sewed up, uh, (laughs) one, two, I think
2: three of those bags and they're they were the okay. precursors to the revelation 7800 uh backpack which is one of okay. our products yeah. uh now wrangle products yep. so that awesome yeah backpack experience was yeah trying mm-hmm. it <laughs> trying it best <laughs> uh figuring out <laughs> yeah, you know, like okay because not only is it sewing but it's also patterning and teaching myself mm-hmm. how to pattern yeah. and there's you know, some CAD programs. There's there's some things you can use that are definitely helpful. Mm. But I mean, I don't know. I started a kitchen table. I mean, before it was even kitchen table, it was like a lifetime set table set up like in the corner. Uh, you know, collapsible table. Right. It wasn't much. <laughs> so I figured out mm-hmm. how to pattern, you know, trial and error. Um, you know, bought some cheap fabric and then yeah. sewed one up. I was like, well, it kind of turned out all right. I think I changed this and changed that. And then I bought
1: some more expensive mm. fabric and went for it yeah well and, and the patterning part like you, i think a lot of people don't don't realize when you're sewing a custom piece of gear that is the hard one of the harder parts i i think um not that i, I don't have any experience sewing backpacks in particular but i i grew up in a family of people who sew and, and watch them kind of figure out how to make different items of clothing and stuff like that and uh and the, the getting the the pieces pre-cut to the right sizes and the right shapes and all the little indentations you need to do and all the different stuff so it all folds in nicely i mean that's it takes i'm sure that was quite a bit of trial and error <laughs> so. oh for sure yep. but <laughs> yeah
3: uh well so awesome. anyways
2: yeah the, the patterning figured that out um kind of streamlined it mm-hmm. digitized the pattern after making a couple iterations of that the precursor to the revelation 7800 backpack and mm-hmm. once i had it digitized Uh, Then I started the quest of where do I get this cut out using, you know, an X, Y access cut table, you know, a a computer cut Mm -hmm. table, because I'm not going to sit here for hours and hours and hours, you know, trimming out every single piece. There's no way I can ever scale this. And the the scale side of things is that's a challenge for multiple different reasons. One of which Mm -hmm. is just location. Alaska is a difficult place to do business. (laughs) It is very far away from it everywhere yep. <laughs> you, you ship up your your fabric all your materials uh mm-hmm. your web and your buckles and went off in the world of 48 and then sometimes yep. you make the product and then you ship it out of state because there's people out of state that buy it. you, know, it's like, oh. <laughs> you know, it's so much all money the, the way back down there <laughs> yeah you know, people complain about yeah. the price of equipment or made in alaska or you know made locally i'm like you know it, it, mm. you cannot compete with a foreign made product right you just can't labor wise uh, as well as just the s- economy of scale
1: yep All right well let's uh let's take a quick break mo um, and then we'll i want to dive into the, some of this gear you, you, you make here hammer bullets produces what we at the northern hunter consider to be the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today these bullets are easy to load, extremely accurate, and best of all, they're always in stock and ready to ship. The guys at Hammer designed them so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, it sheds its petals, initiating a massive energy dump while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration. These bullets are built with 100% focus on how they perform on game, and their proprietary designs produce great VCs with specialized pressure grooves for amazing inherent accuracy and speed. They have a minimum expansion velocity of 1,800 feet per second, which allows for long range shots, but with no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 30 to the high velocity round like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com and use discount code, the Northern Hunter to drop the hammer on your next adventure. All right. So, so you'd mentioned a couple times your, your backpacks now, um, and the process you're going through, uh, cr- designing those. Um, tell us a little bit about, uh, it looks like you've got two models here on the website. Um, you've got the, the revelation 7,800 that you mentioned a couple times. Um, and that, is this the Ara- Arag Is yep.
3: that how you say that one? The 6,000
1: or Ar-getch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going to a little bit about those designs, uh, what was, uh, the, the thought process in these looking at them they they look really nice, really high quality. Well, stuff. Thank you for uh, noticing
2: as far as yeah. the design. Um, when, when I was told, you know, the original individual that said, Hey, can you sell me up a backpack? They mm. gave me a lot of Liberty as far as what was included in the design. They're like, Oh, I mean, I kind of want gotcha. like, a backpack that you would want. I was like, "Great! So you're gonna pay me to sew up a backpack that I'm probably gonna use that pattern for myself eventually."
3: Mm. Uh, and,
2: you know, I I used bags in the field, and some of them were um, too small, some of them were too sloppy, some of them just didn't have enough compression straps. I say like the ability to compress the bag all the way down is a very very large bag. Yeah but if you can't compress mm-hmm. the loose bag when it's empty down you have so much slop in it mm. that it becomes more cumbersome to have a light load than it would be for, you know, a bulky load that's all compressed down it's it's shifting inside the bag so i came up right, with a yeah. compression system and it is we call it the um pass through compression system now what is gotcha. special about that is the main pack compartment. You compress that down, and those compression straps attach right, right to the frame. Well, they're, they're grommeted. They're, okay. they're sewn into the seam where the grommets and pins uh, hold the bag onto the frame. However, mm. there are pockets on the outside of that. So when you compress down that main compartment, okay. since it is attached to the frame, you know, both ends of the compression straps. You can cinch it down. I mean, you can stick a piece of paper inside that backpack and you can Mm. compress it to the point where it's difficult to pull the piece of paper out. But the side pockets are independently compressible. Now, if you've done much hunting, you know that you're always in and out of those side pockets, particularly if you have a spotting scope, tripod, water bottle, you know, just small little things. We have an organizer panel that pops into one of those side pockets. So if you want to, you can kind of customize Mm. your bag with an organizer
3: accessory. Okay.
2: And then those, you know, side pockets have their own compression system. And that's yeah. I would say the biggest thing that sets it apart. The ability mm-hmm. to go out with, you know, an expedition quantity of gear. And yeah. then spike out <laughs> use the same backpack and have the same performance and capability in that backpack.
1: I I right. found yeah. you're not having any any slop, any kind of any imbalancing any yep. no snagging, no nothing. Yep, you got
2: it. You you definitely uh from a hunter's perspective understand why that's so
1: convenient.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um and uh on top of that, so what what's the uh, what's the main main fabric you're using for these? Uh, the main fact I mean if, if you were
2: if you're able oh, to Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's
2: a fairly common fabric uh used in the outdoor world, it's gained popularity. Uh, so Dimension Polyan mm. is a company that specializes in performance sail fabrics. We're talking like you know Grand Prix gotcha. sail races around the world type sailing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And with their expertise in dealing with fabrics and sailing, they figure out how to deal with fabrics and water because when you're sailing, yeah, you're near <laughs> water. Uh, yep. One of the biggest complaints that I heard from people that I sewed up backpacks for. Or they want, you know, mm-hmm. people inquired about having me sew up a backpack or just in general, people talking is how mm-hmm. they'll take their backpack out and it weighs, I don't know, let's say an arbitrary seven pounds when they depart, but it comes mm-hmm. back and it weighs nine. And they're like, well, I don't know why it weighs so much more. Well, it's water. I don't care if you have a pack yeah. cover. It just is going to get wet. And then that water. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. absorbing all that yep, water. held inside that fabric. So, that Dimension Polyant's gotcha. um, VX series of fabrics is a laminated fabric. There's four layers to it. There's the outer fabric on our bags, it's 420 denier. And then there's a, a ripstop okay. grid. And then there's a waterproof membrane and then a 70 denier uh, white backing that's laminated all together. So it's a very, very dimensionally stable fabric. Awesome. There's not any stretch on the bias. So that's, the bias is diagonal. Uh, so like a Cordura, mm. which is a very standard fabric, like a 500 denier Cordura, is going to have a little bit more play and uh, the weave is not going to be quite as... The, the weave can move um, as you mm. wrap it around different objects and, and stress it in different ways. So that's VX42 okay. or X-Pack as it's known uh, in a lot of the, like, the DIY type world. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was the best fabric I could find, uh, as far as the ability to not soak up water, the ability to dry when it did get wet quickly. And lastly, mm. that white liner, when you look inside of a backpack, it's, I don't know, let's just say camouflage Cordura. You can't see anything mm-hmm. You're you know, digging around like, ah, oh, this feels like my sleeping pad. <laughs> uh, this right, feels right. like my toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that three days ago. <laughs> Yeah. Well, with that white—no,
1: we, we've we've yeah, all been that there. White
2: liner—it re- it reflects a lot of light, and then the the ambient light from outside hits the gray mm. outer 420 denier fabric and lights up, and kind of makes that white uh, liner glow. So you see it. What's oh, inside the nice. bag? Yeah. So that's a, kind of an added feature there.
1: That's pretty. great. And
2: with the <laughs> durability of it. Uh, i tested several different fabrics mm. there were some fabrics out there that were a little more durable
1: but yeah i
2: was like well i could go a little bit more durable or all these other benefits oh wh- mm-hmm. where do i find a happy be- medium wh- and everybody wants an ultra light year yeah. but they also want it to be ultra durable and unfortunately right you have to you have to ask yourself what is more <laughs> important and you're going to lean one way or another
1: right yeah yeah the Durability often leads to the opposite of ultralight. It does, in, in, uh, in what I've found. So yeah, so that's the fabric story. Um, okay. What about the? Uh, it, it looks like you have a little piece on here on, on the website about the the frame and how you kind of designed the the framework to be able, maybe a little lighter than in the standard. So, uh, um, tell tell us about that. Uh, I'm not actually
2: quite sure what you're referring to there. Uh, we do not manufacture currently. Uh, a freighter style frame. Oh, okay. Uh, we do have so, uh, a yeah, no, frame in development. Uh, currently, we recommend uh, that people use a welded aluminum uh, freighter style pack frame. And we think that okay, Barney I see Sports Chalet with their Frontier Gear of Alaska um, freighter frame, I think that is probably mm-hmm. the best freighter style frame available on the market. Okay. And Kelty oh, I makes gotcha. them. I must have misread actually, that. Kelty and before them Camp Trails actually used to make the frames for Barney's way back in the day. Uh as well as their bags. Gotcha. Okay. But uh, kind of a side sidebar there. But yeah, if you want to use our bags and don't have a Barney's frame, a consider upgrading to a mm. Barney's frame. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. B, um <laughs> If you'd like to uh, reach out to us, we are in the prototype and process mm. uh, process of developing a frame that addresses um, some issues from mm, a lot of customer input, I should say, uh, addresses some issues that okay. our customers have raised concerns about uh, with current frames available on the market. And one of which mm. is the pin system. So working to find a solution to that and we already have it prototyped we are just looking for funding so if any any of the listeners mm. out there um would like to go ahead and fund a <laughs> wrangle gear uh project reach out to us or <laughs> we're to talk perfect
1: <laughs> absolutely and i'm sure we'll we'll have all of your your contact information in the show notes of the show for anybody that might want to reach out all right so tell us about your first time bringing one of these out into the field after designing it how was how was that that process mm. so you said you, you made one for your friend um and you started designing these uh like w- was there a, a stage of you, you took it out and then like there's like e- evolutions of the design phase like kind of as time's going on or,
2: or well the design has changed over the years i mean it's it's been refined mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, but originally, yep. boy, I sewed up a bag and I just sent it out. The fellow's going on a yeah. goat hunt. He said, ah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to test it on my goat hunt. Well, I thought to myself, like, oh, that's really brave. Like, I'm not really sure I'd do that, but it's not like the seams, <laughs> you know, the seams aren't going to rip out, which is the biggest thing. The grommets were going to hold,
3: mm. um,
2: if anything, it was yeah. overbuilt, you know, back Back to engineers, you know, an engineer will tell you, oh, this is how much material you can take off of this project or, I don't know, this road, this bridge, and it'd still be safe, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, With a yeah. backpack, yeah, it's not necessarily unsafe, but it might fail or have a tendency to be more likely to fail. So I just overbuilt it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're so <laughs> overbuilt. I mean, people ask, well you know, why mm-hmm. are your bags more expensive? Like, well, all critical seams are triple stitched. We use a heavier okay, weight so. thread than anybody else on the market as far as we're aware of. Uh, we use a 92 weight mm-hmm. thread where a 69 weight thread is really, really common it's kind of the industry standard. Um, okay, and gotcha. most seams are just single stitched, you know, it's a mm-hmm. time thing, time and right. labor, Right. But when the bottom seam in your backpack, you know, blows out 20 miles in the backcountry, mm. I guarantee you'll wish yeah, you spent the extra money on a Wrangle, you know, backpack that has triple seam, you know, stiff yeah. seams where you'll be like, oh, yeah, that, uh, that first seam started ripping. Eh, I should probably consider addressing that. And then, you know, the next year you're like, oh, mm. it's like ripping a little bit more. Maybe we should go ahead and fix that. By like year three of using this yeah. bag that you can already see is starting to fail you know, then you might start having issues, mm-hmm. but building the durability no. into it, uh, was a big thing right at the get go. Yeah. I just sent a bag out. It's like, Oh, gotcha. I don't know. Test it. Give me your feedback when you get back from your goat <laughs> hunt. And the feedback was <laughs> it's great. It, it dried quickly. Mm. It didn't, uh, things inside didn't get wet. Like they normally do. The bag didn't, um, you know, gain tons of weight. Let's Mm-hmm. Maybe refine the compression strap system a little bit and we'll go from there. I yeah. had shock cord around the outside for the side pocket compressions instead of okay. webbing. And I forget my reasoning mm-hmm. for that. I think it was like two ounces lighter or something. <laughs> Not gotcha, worth a yeah. hassle. So I ended up taking <laughs> those off. Uh as far as like my own <laughs> testing though, um, I don't know, just abusing it. It's like I I've met people that can break yeah. cannonballs. Like I, there are some mm-hmm. people that you give them a product to test and they'll absolutely destroy it for you. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't really yeah. learn anything. Like, you destroyed <laughs> the whole product. Like, what failed first?
3: I'm like, I don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. You, yeah. You get, um,
2: <laughs> w- when you make the product yourself, <laughs> I think you probably tend to be a little bit mm. gentler on it. You're like, oh, like it's my baby, you know. But you give it to, you know, right, yeah. it to the test. Yeah, there so I, I used to yeah, okay. uh for <laughs> myself um, just out and about, you know, running behind the house mm-hmm. just testing things out. Okay, how does the compression strap system work? You know, do I like it? But I want to change this pocket. What about the, you know, design shape? Like, do I want the center of gravity or center of mass to be a little bit higher in the bag or a little bit lower? Um, and just boiled down gotcha. to my personal preference. Like, oh, should I make this like an adjustable height lid? Which is another uh key feature on our product, which you don't typically see, is the lid is height mm. adjustable. So if you have a really, really really tall load, uh, there's a built-in compression mm. system that kind of sucks the sides of that um lid together while you can adjust okay. the height too. So it kind of pulls it like away from your head. So you don't have this big old um you know I don't know, bear height or something poking out and bumping in the back of the head. You're like looking at your right, toes trying yeah. to walk out of the mountains. Yep. that
1: makes good sense.
4: What's the uh, what's the difference between the two bags you've got on the website there, the two main backpacks? Yes, Be, is it just the size or is there some d- oh, other act, design? No, they're things they're too?
2: fundamentally different. Uh, so the pass through compression okay. system that independently compressible uh, main compartment with the two side pockets that are independently compressible, mm-hmm. um, you know, of the main bag compartment as well as each other. The Aragic six thousand is just a bag with straps on the outside. Uh it does none of that pass through uh poc- uh compression systems, it doesn't have the side pockets. It does, however, have the main compartment zipper. So if you throw the bag like down frame down on the ground, you can just go ahead and zip open the mm-hmm. back of your backpack and you see all your stuff right there. Yeah, it is a gotcha. little bit smaller, I like six thousand cubic inches. Uh and we're pretty generous mm-hmm. on that um measurement shall we say there's not an industry standard for measuring Sorry. pack capacity look at you know some packs i'm like i don't know how you got 6000 cubic inches out of that bag or mm. you know it's that's 7900 cubic inches but it fits inside of the Arrogate 6000 uh bag i'm like hmm i thought it was length times width times height gotcha. you know flat pockets we don't count those uh, as far as volume, that's mm-hmm. I mean, a flat pocket. You know, could you technically fit something in there? Right, yes, yeah. but uh, <laughs> under promise, over deliver is there very you much at the, the core go. and
1: foundation <laughs> of our
3: values.
1: Well, and and people will typically be a lot happier with when, when they discover that. So, um, as far as the pockets on the outside, you, you guys, did, did you mention you're making like a kind of a Build your own, like you can add pockets to the outside and things as you as you you want, like customizing it. Or did I misunderstand you earlier? Yeah, so
2: I did mention earlier the pocket panel or the organizer pocket panel. It fits in the one of the two or both um, side pockets on the Revelation seven thousand eight hundred backpack. Okay. Yeah, the gotcha. um, external pocket, I think that you're referring to, is, is an add-on accessory as well. And yes, you can you can mm-hmm. customize the bag uh with the different accessories. One is the organizer pocket panel that is exclusive to the mm. pass-through compression system uh and those side pockets okay. on the revelation uh series of backpack. The rest of the accessories are all interchangeable. So the internal load okay. sling or I should say the, the meat sling mm-hmm. inside uh that fits in both yeah. bags. The external okay. pockets those fit on both bags. Uh, the hydration bladder, um, holder as well. Same thing. Okay. Gotcha. And then the, um, the air bag, uh, because that compression system is a bit different. We do have the rifle stock, uh, holders. So you want to stick like the, the butt of your rifle along the side of your mm. backpack and pack it out. Instead of holding it, we want to strap your, uh, backpack. We have a little pocket that clips on the bottom of your bag, but that's for the air Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at uh, one of these, you got a, a pretty neat picture um, of a uh, big old, big old pair of skis <laughs> tied to the side of one of these. Very, very, looks like it would fit just about any rifle you could throw at it. <laughs> or just about any, any piece of gear you'd want to throw on the side of that thing. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, uh, unless, Mo, did you have any other questions no, about the backpacks? I don't think so. No. Uh, going a little bit about the meat sling. Um, that thing looks pretty neat too. Uh, yeah. So
2: just a moment um, ago, I was talking about the internal load sling. I'm assuming you're talking about the, the meat sling, the external, you know, strap it onto your, um, standalone yep. frame, et cetera.
1: Is that correct? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. The one on the website here, kind of in the middle of the the gear yeah, section. has got a big old, uh, Yukon yep. moose rack in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a good moose. <laughs> It's
2: an excellent moose. I want to say that that meat sling is has hauled out probably close to a dozen uh, moose that are almost that size. Uh, Best best customer right there. Uh, Actually, uh, came up with the (laughs) idea for the meat sling. Uh, Same thing. It was one of those custom sewing projects, and Mm -hmm. it's the iterations of the design have changed a little bit, but the core
1: uh features are the same. Oh, it's,
3: it's, yeah, okay. So so
1: yeah, it looks like it's got a main the the main sling there, wraps underneath and connects back to your top frame correct? Yeah, you got it. So and then and then like the number one You got this nice organizer on the front of it too. That thing looks slick.
2: Yeah, the uh organizers well there's like a little pocket there uh on the yeah front yeah. of the sling. That pocket is designed to be just the right size where you can stuff the entire uh, like six bag set of tag bags inside of it okay. along with like a knife, a sharpening stone and a couple other you know, odds and ends. Basically your kill kit. Gotcha. That way you can just grab your okay. meat sling and take off, you know, for, I don't know, you saw a moose or you're calling or whatnot. But that meat... Yeah, going yeah, light. going lighter. But a lot of people hunt out of, you know, like a boat uh, for moose hunting or they'll, mm-hmm. you know, hunt out of a boat and they'll maybe walk a quarter mile into a swamp and sit and call. Uh, so it's not quite like, you know, taking okay. 30 miles in the backcountry, you know, a sheep hunt or goat hunt. <laughs> right, like right, that. yeah. Backcountry-style hunt. <laughs> so we've all been there. we got a like Ganyan or 550 cord or uh, ratchet straps trying to connect a quarter of a giant mm-hmm. um, undulate to the yeah. pack frame. And it always seems to, you know, slide, move. <laughs> I don't know. The paracord will dig into the quarter so badly that you can't untie it. You can't even find it. You can't even see yep. it. So this meat sling you yep, just attach it using the grommets that and pins that are a part of your normal, you know, freighter style frame. And then mm. some webbing attachment points and some buckles. That way you lay your pack yeah. right down on the ground. You'll lay the moose quarter on top and then you fold that sling up and over the top. It even has a, a stabilizer strap for the shank. So you wrap the you know shank Twice with the uh, webbing strap, and then buckle it and cinch it down in place, so it's not you know wobbling left and right.
1: Yeah, that's huge, well, honestly. for 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 anybody listening that's that is, is looking to get one of these, and maybe you haven't k- taken a moose yet, that's that's a huge thing. <laughs> that that avoiding that wobble, the death wobble. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's a good way death to put to your it. Fine,
1: right <laughs> it really is. It, it can change. Change a, a what would be an easy pack out into uh, yeah not so easy. Um, yeah, no that that thing looks. I might even need to look into one of.
3: You know, it, it's surprising. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: have to hit, hit you up after this.
2: <laughs> it's surprising how many people order from Wrangle right after hunting season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> after learning the it, hard lessons. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know you go first six months of the year. And then you answer questions, you know, you know, every week or, or so. And as the business has grown, it's gotten more mm-hmm. frequent, but then like right after sheep season and like the week following sheep season, the week following the end of moose season, it's like, yeah. I don't know. The concentration of inquiries is probably 20 times
1: greater. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's significant. So people are like, oh <laughs> man, I tried
2: packing up this moose and it didn't work with this bag that I bought, you know, it was super cheap. And then they realize why you spent
1: money and yep absolutely you on your- I, I was gonna say they're, they're they're sitting there with their hurting back trying to trying to <laughs> sit on the couch texting writing out that email yep. or
2: they're like oh, i don't know like 245 dollars <laughs> for a meat sling that eliminates the wobble or oh man that was a 350 fifty dollar chiropractic bill <laughs>
1: right <laughs> no kidding I, I mean it's yeah no i'm I'm fascinated by so, this
4: one i assume the the meat sling also attaches to like say the freighter frame from uh from yes. barney's yep okay okay yeah now
1: this might just be more of a curiosity point for me and and I, I really don't know I haven't played around enough to to know one way or the other, but um is that a pretty universal pin system like or i mean or is there like a like is that specific to certain manufacturers or will pretty much like if somebody just has a pack board that they like that they that they want to attach this thing to.
2: Oh, it's a great question. Uh so we detail this a little bit more on the website. Um at, at the okay. bottom of kind of the product descriptions to let people know what this pack bag is compatible with that they might already have. Okay. Um the dimensions gotcha. are the biggest thing. So tubing dimensions, seven eighths inch tubing, and then overall width. Mm-hmm. Which I want to okay. say, I, uh, off the top of my head, I want to say it's 14 inches wide, and then 29 inches long or 30 inches long is really that's a very very standard size. Um, mm, so if you're not yeah. using a pack bag or a, a pack frame that you know, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. we've already tested this. Just reach out to us, give us a holler. We'll tell you how to measure your pack frame, make sure that our pack will fit on. And mm-hmm. then if you have a maybe a little bit of an off-brand um pattern for your pins and grommets uh for attaching the bag to the frame Mm -hmm. we can go ahead and custom set those for you
3: okay awesome awesome um what's uh man that's that yeah I, i really
1: like that setup there i'm gonna have to look into that a little bit deeper there okay have to keep your contact information.
4: <laughs> yeah, now that moose season's over, get yourself one.
1: I know I'm going to be one of those people bugging them after moose season. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, the, All right. One well, more thing. Uh, I guess oh, I wanted oh, to oh. mention about that meat
2: sling. As long as we're talking about it, um, yeah. So blood is obviously one of the biggest things we deal with with deg- degradation of gear. Uh, nylon, mm. as a general rule, is a really great fiber, but it does mm-hmm. absorb moisture. Now, like it's actually the fiber itself will absorb not like in between yeah. the fibers, but the fiber itself will will pick up moisture. Uh like nylon yeah. buckles. Um, if you let like if you sit those out like I don't know a Fairbanks winter, it's dry. They'll end up cracking. Yeah. The, um yep. uh, P-O-M, i forget it's uh poly something or other um is typically what buckles are made up as a result of that. So the same goes for nylon. Okay. so if you throw uh like a nylon buckle in like a little bag with some water, it will actually absorb the, the nylon buckle, you know, hard nylon will absorb moisture. Well, no kid. Pack fabric, you know, like Cordura, for example, not, not to hate on Cordura, they make a really great product, but it does soak mm. up some moisture. And gotcha. when you're dealing with blood, well, blood has water in it. So you're going to soak up, you know, you get blood yeah. <laughs> stuck in um, the fibers typically of nylon and then it rots. Mm.
3: Yeah. Well, that's a huge yeah. issue
2: when you're dealing with Pacquiao Moose Quarters. Oh, so we went and yeah. you're probably familiar with a pack raft, right? You know, a little mm-hmm. personal yeah. um, inflatable raft. You can, you know, pack into the backcountry like five pounds, right? For the, for the listeners that haven't heard yep. of pack rafting yet, you should consider using it on your next backcountry adventure or hunting trip. But mm. um, yeah, they're phenomenal, phenomenal access yeah, tools. The, coating that's on the fabric that makes the fabric airtight or waterproof, uh, as the case may be, or both in the case of a pack raft, uh, is a TPU. It's a thermoplastic polyurethane material and it does not break down, uh, like a PU or polyurethane coating, which is very, very common on most fabrics that are used for backpacks. They gotcha. ever had a backpack yeah. and after a while it's like stuff sacks, even tents do this. Sometimes you got a really, really sticky substance, mm-hmm. like on the outside of a tent or an old stuff sack. That's that mm-hmm. polyurethane that's breaking down. Okay. So eventually it cracks, wears off, etc. And then you lose the protection okay. that it provides. Polyurethane also right. weakens um, nylon when it's applied to it. TPU, okay. or thermoplastic polyurethane, strengthens it, and it doesn't wear off the same way. So we used a, the highest quality TPU-coated Cordura nylon we could find. Because we wanted this mm. thing to be this meat sling to be easy to wash off. I mean, you can just throw in a bucket, yeah. you know, hose it off. That's the pack sling for you, you know, meat sling for you. You know, just hose it off and, you know, <laughs> hang it up to dry and don't worry about it. Uh but back yeah. to the whole um blood and rot situation. That's why we use a polyester thread instead of a nylon thread. Is it more expensive? Yes. Yeah. Why do we use it? It's because polyester doesn't have the same um drawbacks with the moisture rot mildew as the nylon yeah so we use that watch gotcha. and mildew resistant thread because it's like always the, the bottom corner so crevices that you know hold moisture and hold dirt that's where all your seams are mm-hmm. that's where your your stitching is you
3: <laughs> right i was gonna
1: say that's that's exactly that's the weak points anyways so um so essentially i mean i'm my computer's not loading for some reason okay so the the meat sling here on the website shows you're selling that for 245 bucks um and i mean from what you're saying i mean that thing's gonna last season after season and i mean that's that's the en- entire design of this thing is to make a pack out easier and for you to be able to read. oh absolutely it. I, we don't we do yeah. not make a product
2: of poor quality there's a lot of different companies yeah that, and and i understand why a lot of people you know, they're just getting into hunting. They don't want to spend $600 on a backpack or $559 on a backpack because they don't need that, right? Well, mm-hmm. when we say wrangle right. specialty outdoor equipment, you know, mm-hmm. outdoor gear for the, you know, guide and dedicated adventurer.
3: We mean, you know, we yeah. build
2: gear for people that are serious about using it. And it's going to hold up to those serious uses. I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't buy it if you're a beginner. I mean, if you buy it now, you're going to have it, you know, 10 years from now and it's going to be, you know, going strong. That's great, you right? Want, you know, buy right. once, try ones. But if you just want to get into mm. it, we haven't developed a lower quality or cheaper product line, and we we'd like to keep yeah. it that way. We what? would like to maintain that that focus. Do one thing, do mm. it really
1: well. Yeah, absolutely. Which I actually I really like that that you you kind of have like a specialized area of of your products, and, and I'm sure you'll expand as, as time goes on and as the company oh, grows and, and things. Um, and you'll be adding more and more things, but you, you know, Mo and I, this is several, several episodes ago now, but uh, somebody had written in about a, another company, uh, asking us what our opinion was. I think it was, what was that Forlow we were, yeah, we were probably, talking about yeah. and, and, you know, more of a clothing company, but you know, m- neither Mo or I had had much experience or any experience with their products. But we, the one thing we voiced as far as our main concern with, with buying into those products was. That the company hadn't been around for an extended period of time you know they'd been around for several years but not not enough years to have the number of products that they had you know and, and whether or not they're good products or bad products we're not going to get into that right now um because again I'd, i've never used mm-hmm. one before so i'm not going to say put an opinion on something i don't know but um I, I like that that there's a lot of thought that's going into your products here. Um, and a lot of, lot of experience behind the decisions made for each one of these features that, that your products have um, and, and honestly I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation because I'm, I'm, I'm learning all kinds of stuff
3: here so <laughs>
4: but, it's, it's um, quite interesting
1: yeah um, but let's take a, let's take a really quick break here and I will uh, I, I want to ask you about your your,
0: your dry bags alright folks We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and actions securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to stealthyhunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, THE NORTHERN HUNTER, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.
1: All right, so the last, uh, the last two products I see here um, that I, I'll ask you about looks like you've got a couple of duffel bags uh, that people can get um, for packing stuff in. It's going to be handy for you got one here that's on a sled. Um, I can imagine these would be done a little bit of boat hunting in my day. Imagine they'd be pretty handy for a boat or strapped onto the back of a wheeler. But you've got, looks like the captain's duffel and uh, the Wrangle 100% waterproof duffel um, as available options. Uh, Go into a little bit about those ones. What, what are the design features? What makes them different? Oh, absolutely.
2: Uh, i tell you what. I will start with the captain's duffel. Um, all right. So with the background, you know, in guiding, um, running fishing charters or just being in and around boats. It, it, as a captain, you always got like the spare jacket. You got the thermos of coffee. You got your lunch. You got, you know, all these other odds and ends you just need as part of your mm-hmm. daily job. You just want like a nice... Durable
3: bag to stick them in. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but most duffel bags are dark in color, and when you stick mm-hmm. stuff in them,
2: it's just a black hole. You're like, oh man, like my sandwich is in here <laughs> somewhere, but like, oh, that's the headlamp. That's you know a shoe. That's a pair of you know pair of socks. Oh, that's my coffee yep. <laughs> cup. It's empty. Oh, it's now leaking. You know, because I can't <laughs> see. And like, where's that sandwich? And you can't ever see it.
3: This <laughs> big giant black hole. So. Back to the Dimension Polyans X-Pack.
2: Yeah. The inside of that duffel bag is that white material. Light hits the side of that backpack or that um, duffel bag with that uh, X-Pack material. Makes it glow. You can see inside. Mm. Uh, than It's a fairly simple design. It's got two-inch webbing wrap-around durable handles. I mean, there's
1: practically i, I do like that yeah I, I was looking at that yeah the handles come all the way around the bottom of the bag and back up the other side so that i mean there is no ripping that off essentially it looks like it so. would it would take
2: a um serious it, effort to rip it off let would say yeah yeah looks that way yeah, there's also a little organizer pocket panel uh or organizer pocket you can snap in and that goes on either the other left or right you can swap it out or you can get you know a separate oh, awesome. um you know add two pockets if you want uh, It's got a water-resistant okay. zipper. Uh, it's the same zipper material that you'd find like a rain jacket. Yep, okay, so it, gotcha. Some, yep. people call it, some companies might call it a waterproof duffel, but the seams aren't sealed. Mm-hmm. It is a waterproof material. And the zipper, you know, okay. it's the same as on your rain jacket, but it always leaks a little bit. So it's not 100% waterproof. I mean, it's highly, okay. highly, highly water-resistant. But it's not waterproof. But
1: for like ocean, ocean spray or anything like that, I mean, it's not. You know, stuff's not going to get soaked. Just if it don't, if it goes overboard, you might not be a hundred percent safe. Yep. Kind of thing.
2: And you know, even a lot of like roll <laughs> top go. dry bags. You know, roll top dry bags, even though they're like fully welded
3: seams. Well,
2: roll top is you know, dry bags is a term, just like dry suits, for a certain degree mm-hmm. of dampness.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. Well, and, and you know, the funny thing is I've, I've used dry bags for, I mean, golly, over a decade now um, for everything, you know, and, and like you said, they're, they're an absolute black hole once you go try to find something in there. Um, yeah, I got one, one new one this year that is kind of a side open duffel and that one's okay, but it's still pretty dark, especially if you're kind of in those, those later light hours, cause it is black, you know, it's straight up just a black bag and it's solid rubber and it's just. You know, you can't see anything through there. So I, I like the thought process put into this one. Um, looks like you just got the one size right now, the 40 liter. Are you planning on, on making any more? Uh, yeah. Any different you know, sizes? Uh, you okay. actually
2: wanted to expand that. It's been more of a keeping up with demand for the captain's duffel than the 40 liter.
1: And, okay. you know, once yeah. we
2: are able to uh, sustain that, uh, we do want to add some sizes, you know, all the way up to probably like 120-ish liters. So some big ones.
3: Gotcha. Uh, okay. Well. So that
2: fabric mm-hmm. is, um, like I mentioned earlier, it's waterproof. It has a uh, liner. Mm. It's highly, highly durable. It has that super durable uh, ripstop grid. And that waterproof membrane is protected. So it's not like it's a coating on one side that can rub off. It has fabric on either side of it. Okay. So you're not going you know, to rub off this waterproof coating.
3: But that gotcha. fabric
2: okay. is very stable with temperature. So you mentioned a dry bag. Like roll top mm, dry bags, classic, yeah. right? They're a PVC um, type material. And when they get cold, mm-hmm. they get stiff, really stiff, to the yeah, point that you can't they even, do. Uh, unroll them or they just crack when you try and manipulate the fastening um, or roll over system. The, yep, I've had a couple of them crack yep, on it before. So the X pack or dimension Polyant the uh, VX material, yeah, I've tested it down to 40 below, you know, Fairbanks. January, nice. try to like, rip those handles <laughs> off, you know, as it's sitting outside. It gets really, really loud. That uh, material gets really, really crinkly and it sounds super weak. Okay. Uh, but I haven't been able yeah. to rip it yet. Yeah. Okay. So really awesome. great for yeah, awesome. cold weather or like throw it in Polk, snow machine sled, uh, things like that. The mm-hmm. corners on that, uh, are really kind of like the secret sauce. That's what makes that bag different. Uh, so looking at the gotcha. actual dimensions of it. It's. I chose those dimensions. When I went through the design process. Like, well, what do you stick in this duffel? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the golden means, but mm-hmm. it's a ratio. Uh, you, look it up. I, I don't need. I won't explain it here uh, or get into too much detail. But yeah, it's a very common ratio that you'll see in in nature, or and we see it in products because it's like aesthetically pleasing to the eye. So like the proportions of like length mm-hmm. oh, okay. to width to um, height.
3: And gotcha, it's like, okay, okay, how
2: can I mimic that in a bag so you can functionally fit more into this bag because it mimics the dimensions of what's already, what you're sticking into it, what's already manufactured. And then the multi-radius gotcha. corners, instead of just saying, oh, that's going to be just a you know part of a circle. No, I actually made a gradual mm. changing radius. It's not just yeah. like, oh, it's eight inch radius. No, it's a bit more complicated than that. Well, the reason why I did that is you get more functional, capacity out of it so 40 liters i mean it'll swallow th- like a three-day um pile a year like you're going on a trip for you know three days oh yeah okay yeah french press spare shoes pillow on top i mean yeah you really cram stuff <laughs> in there it's, it's impressive at 40 liters what you can sit in yeah that.
1: awesome awesome yeah yeah and looking at those those corner seams there they, they yeah that looks that's a very neat design there it's there's nothing nothing sharp about it. I mean, as far as like the corners go, it all kind of gradually. It looks like that'll definitely help with the probably the reliability as well. I mean, you're not going to be snagging up on anything, hanging up on anything. Um I like that. That's another one. I'm going to have to have to hit you up after this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to get, grab up one of those. Um because I've been looking for for more duffel options. Um And so so you've got this one, you've got the captain's duffel. Um and then you've got the other one you're advertising as, as the 100% waterproof model. What's, what's the difference between the two? Yeah, So
2: the 100% waterproof model that has a dry suit zipper. The, the same okay. type of zipper yep. you'd find on a dry suit, I should say. I mean, it's uh, YKK is the the zipper that we use. I've used some other mm. brands, um, have found YKK to be the best option uh, as far as durability, okay. price point, availability, et cetera. Uh, so it's, the same idea it's like a captain's duffel very very similar proportions but it has a dry okay, suit zipper yeah. when you close that sucker up it is submersible there's a little air valve in the corner okay. if you fly with it make sure you open the air valve otherwise you'll blow the zipper open
1: uh,
2: oh yeah it's yeah. like bunny boots you know yeah
3: kind yeah, of like kind of like bunny boots yeah yeah <laughs> <hurt?" laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it looks like you make this one a little bit bigger. It looks like it's a hundred and ten yeah, liter. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Well, that is, I like these. Yeah. So for anybody looking for some good gear, definitely go check these guys out. Um, now, one thing I wanted to I wanted to, to dive off into this because I think it's it's a pretty awesome uh, facet that you you offer here on the on the website. But the uh, so you've got a custom shop option. Um. Go into a little bit about what, what that custom shop is, what you, what you focus on with that. Is it just like your gear? Do you like make gear? If people have like an idea, they can come to you with an idea and you'll make it. Um, or what, what can people expect from that, that custom
2: well, shop? Kind of all of the above uh, that you mentioned, okay. plus a few other things. When I started Wrangle, like the, the company, it was all custom. Mm-hmm. And that's turned into some core products because people really, really like the designs that we'd refined and the custom Mm. shop kind of hails back to those roots of, Hey, you dream it, we build it. And it, you know, it's by the hour, a lot of, you know, people come with with an idea and sit down and start patterning prototypes, the whole Mm -hmm. works, you know, it depends on how much money you want to spend. People that want custom gear, typically understand the cost it's not cheap the reason why is it's it's one of a kind all that that patterning takes a long time developing a pattern is you know very Mm -hmm. very very labor intensive you can you reuse that pattern though uh then you have a product Mm and you have a production product such as you know the revelation 7800 or any other
3: you know products we offer Mm -hmm. right yeah and uh what could like so if somebody was to let's say um
1: like want like an like some extra pockets on the outside of a backpack or something like that. You could do a, even something small like that. I, mean, I like does, does it go like? Are, are you making mostly like like full on pieces of gear or can you do like little little additions? Yeah, so it's mainly like uh,
2: full on pieces of gear.
1: Uh, full on pieces. To okay. Step away yeah. from
2: the uh, you know add on here, add on there. Still do a little bit. Uh, it Kind of depends on, on what you're looking yeah, for, yeah. case by case. Also like availability, like how much time do I have? Not even the point where I don't sew every right. single, you know, product anymore. Uh, it's because mm-hmm. they have people that, you know, contract sew for us. And that
1: frees mm-hmm. up time to
2: be able to do the custom projects.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, yeah. Spend more time on the design and, and, and all that yep. stuff. So, perfect, perfect. Um, Mo, what kind of questions you got?
4: Actually, there's one thing I was looking at. The Tell me about the Chest rig design and what the functionality of that was designed around specifically. Actually, I was I was looking at that a little bit earlier.
1: Uh, yeah, that's
2: actually started as a custom shop project. <clears throat> uh, I had an uh, an individual I've known them through the guiding community for a while, and they said, "Hey, I have this you know like chest pouch setup that I've used for years, and it fell apart. They don't make mm. it anymore. Can you make something similar?" And I said, hmm, let me think about it. Didn't really know how I was going to make it. I was like, yeah, sure, I can make that.
3: <laughs> right.
2: Back to the pattern. <laughs> yep. And uh, so, anyways, uh, ended up making the, the chest pouch. And it's a series of, let's see, one, two. So it's four pockets, it zips in the front. Uh, so you, you put it on like you put on like, like a pair of binocular harness, like, yeah, binocular harness, uh, you know, over the shoulders, adjustable, <laughs> you know, webbing straps. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can stick all your, you know, little necessities that you need. Um, some people like a binocular harness with a little pouch in the front and you know, they get all the little pockets and whatnot. Uh, I use a really lightweight, mm-hmm. um, kind of a minimalist, uh, shock cord, uh, bino harness. So the binoculars just kind of sit over the top of that and I have all the other little knickknacks and all the little things that I need throughout the day can fit in that chest, um, pouch. I really like it for fly fishing, yeah. um, the individual I design it for, they use it while they're guiding had a lot of, um, mm. a lot of pilots like Bush pilots want that. Cause they stick all that. Like, their survival gear, you know, their in reach, their satellite communication device, mm. some food, some little things like, Hey, if they got a ditch, it's on them. Cause it's really low profile. Right? It can be, you know, it's, <clears throat> so I don't know, uh, fully, fully packed. It might be like two inches thick.
3: Yeah. Oh, so wow. the side, oh, I want to nice. say about
2: an inch and a half,
3: So it's, it forms, you know, to
2: like the bottom of your ribs and, you know, chest, um, it sits
3: a little bit mm. below your chest. Okay. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's
4: uh, you know a binal harness like I have a a chest rig from a uh, FHF and uh, so it's just it's like a binal har- harness except it's got a zipper on top and it's just for your gear right where a vinyl harness would be. But from looking at your chest rig it's it's two pouches down maybe just below that or right similar spot but kind of side by side on right below yep, your chest. That's correct. Yeah. And then there's a couple okay.
2: smaller pockets on the outside. Now, on the inside of the large pockets, there's actually some mesh, uh, two mesh pockets on each side of that. You have like a little bit of organization in there. Mm. And just like anything, it's, we don't underbuild things. When you chose that mesh, it's like, wow, that that (laughs) mesh will last, you know, until you fall off a cliff and, you know, die 50 years from now because you're out there and you're 85 (laughs) years old and... You know, you probably shouldn't have been out there to begin with. <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, you might get you, you know. I I,
1: I, that. I know a couple old boys that that are are pushing there. they they just refuse to yeah, quit. It's like, oh, I bought this <laughs> when I was a young man, and
4: you
2: know <laughs> the, the mesh lining, which is you know classic, right? You stick, you know, you get a really nice backpack, and you get this like lightweight mesh uh, pocket on the side. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that gets tore up. So that mesh on the inside, is, yeah. Like, it's, Spectra fiber. I don't know if you're familiar with Spectra um, or Dyneema. It's um it's a super, super, oh, yeah, super Dyneema, strong yeah. fiber.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's yeah. I mean, Like I said, that's what they make like most of the, like the, the cut proof gloves and stuff like yeah, that out yep. of, right? Is like it's yeah, really, yep,
2: okay. really difficult to cut. Oh, you have to, like, yeah like specialized shears just to cut the pattern pieces out.
1: <laughs> well, that's good, and you know the the, the cool thing. That I like with that with that chest pouch there, um, is is we've talked a lot about you know you'd mentioned a uh, little you know like in reaches and things like that, and we've we've talked a lot about how things like there's certain pieces of gear that should always be on your person, not not clipped onto your backpack, not you know back at camp or anything like that, but like survival items that sh- should always stay on you, and that it looks like a pretty nifty way to do that, I mean, especially if you're riding around in a boat all day or a plane or something like that, I mean absolutely jumping off the 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 gear here a little bit
3: what uh what how has uh your life just uh, how i guess
1: (laughs) one thing we we've all noticed i mean we were talking a little bit off the air about how much time things take and how much you know uh sometimes things are a little bit more of a commitment than you might realize ahead of time um how has your life uh changed since starting like wrangle gear how are you uh you're balancing everything out all there is it has it been been pretty good uh let's let's put it this way (laughs) serial
2: entrepreneur might be a good way of describing um
3: Mm -hmm. uh, me
2: (laughs) uh so i think it's one of (laughs) many things that i i do and it has become it it has gone through different phases sometimes it is just all consuming and it all the time, you know, I have available goes mm-hmm. into it, and sometimes it's, you know designing gear. Maybe it's you know actual manufacturing, or then it's like okay, now it's working mm-hmm. on the website. You know, it's when you're working for yourself, you there's always something to do, and there's never. I mean, mm-hmm. there's yep. never <laughs> enough time in the day to get everything done. So there's <laughs> certain times of year that you know are busier, <laughs> and then we you know at this point mm-hmm. uh or build, You know, we build up stock for you know busier times a year, and then you know ship out orders and whatnot. So how's my life changed? Uh, you yeah, go work for yourself. You know, figure that one out. Um, you're gonna be. <laughs> yeah. There, there are times when you. It's, will, it's
1: something that can only be explained through experience. <laughs> yeah. There
2: will be times
1: when
2: you do not see a way forward, whether that's you know, mm-hmm. uh, around a product manufacturing issue or a mm-hmm. you know securing finance issue or uh, maybe a sales um perspective like you know retail type um situation but if you have the mm-hmm. desire to figure it out you will and there are yeah, going to be times when you're like oh, i hate my life like why in the world would i do this like, <laughs> oh i wish i just worked at mcdonald's oh, like crunch my eight and go
3: home <laughs>
2: yep. uh, so i would say that you know working for yourself uh... in, hmm, if you Google why the most businesses fail, you'll get a variety mm. of reasons. I think one of the number ones is just like financing, but when it boils down yeah. to it, the number one reason why businesses fail is because people quit.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get overwhelmed. They, yeah.
2: they And they, they might quit for a variety of different reasons. They might, they might look at it and say, well, the amount of time and effort of putting this isn't worth what I'm getting out of it. And that might be one thing, and, but, but they right. do, they quit or they don't don't look at it in a way that allows them to adapt and be flexible and overcome. And we all get stuck on those ruts, myself included. Um, and sometimes you're sitting there and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I just cannot see how I'm going to solve this problem. What you really need to do is just like go fishing mm. for an afternoon.
3: Right, Come back
1: and look right, at it. A little bit yeah. right. like, yep, yep. And there's a lot of value yep. in that. Um, no, one thing that, that I found just with, with us doing this is, is, you know, you can stay up and 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 think about something and think about something, and drive yourself up the wall till two in the morning if you want to, or get a good night's sleep, address it in the morning, well rested, think about it clearly, you know, and and, and a lot of that comes down to just being able to control the emotions, the emotional swings that might come along as you're doing things, and and you know there's there's money and there's time and there's commitments involved, and I, I definitely yeah <laughs> that's. <laughs> It, it's a, it's a, it's something that takes experiencing it to yeah. to really truly understand it. Oh, a hundred percent. There's there is no there's nothing that can fully prepare you
2: for working mm-hmm. for yourself. It, you know, people talk about oh, like this this hunt was so difficult, and I'm not here to minimize that at all. And for anybody that has gone on a super difficult hunt, that is the most if it's been the most difficult hunt that they've ever been on, it is the most difficult hunt they've ever been on, and it's universal right, yeah. for you know. Each individual, it's one of those few things that are like, oh, well, that is a level 10 to you miserable.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: And then you start working for yourself and you realize that <laughs> there's like a level 15. <laughs> but then right. that level 15 becomes your level 10. And then right, as you yeah. become more efficient yeah, I mean, and you figure out how to streamline things and how to use technology to benefit and speed things mm-hmm. up then that 10 becomes a seven and you know, that's a a progression of any business Mm -hmm. and where wrangle is going, uh, hoping to get to the point where, you know, that, that 10 becomes, you
3: know, that seven and we'll allow for more product development. Then we can pop it back up to an Mm -hmm. eight.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You got to keep that flow going. Yeah.
4: I'm saying on that topic, you know, self-employment. I worked for myself for three years, doing the same thing I do now, just for myself and, you know, running lots of jobs. Now I run lots of jobs, but for an employer Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a much, um, you know, I don't have paperwork to do, you know, almost none of that exists anymore. Like you say, I, you know, I work four ten, so I punch my 10 hours. Mm. I got a three day weekend every week. And, uh, that was about three years ago when I stopped working for myself. And, you know, I, I, I didn't intend on completely stopping. I was going to work the winter and go back to it. Then after working, you know, I don't make as much money as I did. But now I have time to do something like this, right? Yeah. And that was a whole, part of the whole reason I haven't gone back to working for myself Yo. full time was because now I have time to dive into this. And, I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I wouldn't be the employee I am if I hadn't worked for myself. And I think it'd be good for a lot of people. Mm. And this isn't what our podcast is necessarily about, but hey. it'd be good for anybody. If there's something you're interested in diving into and putting effort into, to either for profit or not, mm. that you want that to be more than a hobby, um, I advise you to do it because it will make you a better person, a better employee. Absolutely. You know, even if you, it isn't something that's long-term yeah. in your life.
2: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Go out there. Um, do, do something really, really hard. Right. You know? I, I, yeah. challenge yourself yourself to the point that you realize that there is that you know level 15 and then that level 15 becomes your level 10 and the next time you're faced with that level 15 whether that's in life or business or just i don't on your next hunting trip you're like oh Mm
3: -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. okay
2: i can do this it's it's a lesson learned like okay yeah it it can suck this much and i'm still okay
0: yeah Yeah. exactly
1: yeah and and then you find out your your limits are usually way past where you thought they were and and it's it's amazing th- how freeing that is too oh a- absolutely um
2: when, yep.
1: yeah are yeah you, are you still able to uh get out and do like the guiding and all that or um is, is this kind of eating up a lot of that time this is eating up a lot of that time yep the the, the yeah. ultimate goal <laughs>
2: is to be the guide that has an outdoor gear
1: company.
3: yeah Yep. <laughs> there you go Well, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're hoping
1: you get there and, uh, you know, we've had a great time, great time chatting with you about your, about your gear company and, uh, and yeah. Um, what time are we at, Mo?
4: I'm not exactly sure, but somewhere around just under an hour and a half, probably. Perfect.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, we'll uh we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh why don't you uh we've talked a lot about the gear. Why don't you tell people where they can find your stuff uh whether through social media or your website? Um how, how can they get a hold of you and get a hold of some of this gear?
2: Yeah, uh great question. So, the best way is to go to our website, which is www.wranglegear.com. And that is wrangle spelled W R A N G E L L. Mm. Uh, as in Wrangle, yep. St. Elias, National Park and Reserve. It's a good way to remember it. Yep. Wranglegear.com. Uh, we're on all the social medias under um, username Wrangle Gear. Uh, we do have okay. a couple uh, retail partners and we are in the process of expanding uh, those locations. Mm. So one of them is in Soldotna, uh, Wilderness Way. Uh, there, they're a small okay. uh, outdoor pro shop uh, right across the parking lot from Safeway, uh, McDonald's. If you're familiar with uh, Soldotna, and yep. yep, go talk to the owner there or any of the employees. They can point you in the direction of the Wrangle products. Uh, We also partnered Perfect. with Full Curl Archery in Anchorage, and we're slowly getting stock built up there as well. So you'll be able to purchase from retail locations. We started off as a e-commerce-based business. Uh, One of the reasons was to go Mm -hmm. ahead and reduce the amount of overhead money. uh, Overhead for Mm -hmm. the business that we're going to have to pass on to our customers. We put way more quality and money, quality is money, uh, into the materials Mm -hmm. for the product. And then it's the labor and manufacturing it. And in order to be even remotely competitive, uh, we needed to go ahead and... Mm. Uh, start off with being strictly e-commerce. So you can always go to the website, right. still do that, um, ship ship out orders, place them online. Uh, if for some reason, gotcha. uh, you're having access or uh, having difficulty finding that, like I said, just head on over to the Facebook or the Instagram lookup at Wrangle Gear.
1: Perfect, perfect. All right, guys. We'll definitely be sure to hit, uh, check out some of this gear um, through any of the avenues he just told you. Um If you'd like to, if you have any questions about anything, um, obviously reach out to him if it's about the gear. If you have any questions for the show, uh, you can also reach us at the social medias. Uh, If you search at The Northern Hunter on either Facebook or Instagram, you'll find us there. Um, And again, uh, our website is thenorthernhunter.com. We have a contact button there for any emails. If you have any questions, uh, you can reach us that way as well. And our shop and partners page are awesome ways you guys can support the show if you'd like to. But the easiest way is always hitting that subscribe button and uh, sharing the show with your friends, leaving us a rating. Five stars is always best, but, and a written review helps a lot. That'll all help the algorithm uh, push these episodes out to people. And we appreciate everybody that supports what we do. Uh, Lowell, thank you very much for, uh, for coming on for this episode. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation into uh, Thursday. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about your background. So uh, everybody, thank you for listening. And until then, get out there, get after it. Good luck.
0: Alright folks, we all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to stealthyhunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All stealthy hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA.